What up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Tim. We decided that since our writers did such a great job in this episode, we are going to give this episode out for free. The whole thing. Uh, usually we have half an episode for free and then half an episode over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. So we have a little free preview here of what you get over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. In addition to all the extra stuff that you get over there. So check it out and enjoy this free episode. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is deep into the offseason, and it seems like there is new NFL news every day. Are you talking deep? Oh, we're we in here. And today we have a jam-packed episode for you. This is going to be a, a long one. I could also already anticipate that because we had this nice episode planned out. And it's called the Fantasy Fantasy Draft. We are going to draft rookies as if we are teams looking through a lens of just fantasy. That's what we're going to do. But then a bunch of quarterbacks switch teams today. And quarterbacks signed. So we got to talk about... Uh, the the news of the day, and I'm your host Tim Petrop here with my brothers Michael and Jason. What's up, boys? What up, Tim? What's up? And we're very excited because we have. Oh, am, am, I, am I moving the mic too much? I'm moving no, the mic too much, much, Michael. Too this much guy, this more, guy over here, Michael's giving correct. me uh, signs uh, like a like a air traffic controller while I'm trying to talk. Like controller, stop <laughs> hitting the damn <laughs> yeah, mic. My bad, my bad. <laughs> the the fantasy football by Brodo app is the only app that you need to dominate fantasy football, and we have. New, so many new things coming so soon. It's not here quite yet. It's exciting. But it's so almost there, and we have so many new features to tell you about. Uh, we can't wait. It's at the tip of our tongues, but you can download it anyway right now. It is the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, and it is free. It is the only tool you need. It's an excellent dynasty tool, and the rookies are coming. Dun, dun. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, uh, Brees Hall, baby. Brees Hall, oh man. I, I'm so, I, I really am praying that Brees Hall somehow falls to the Jets. Um, but with that being said, I'm also playing that more people sign up for Patreon. Because the good people over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy are the people who support the show. They make the app run. They make the show run. They literally make everything happen. If you are a patron, congratulations. You are the backbone of this. Every single patron is like a vertebrae. Of this show. And you get so many extras, including the whole version of this podcast and so much more. So I I, I don't want to go into all the things you can get right now, but all you have to go do is go to patreon.com slash brotofantasy and you see that there's tiers. And every tier, we add more and more and more until you have like seven or eight benefits. So go and check it out. It is the Fantasy Football by Broto app and patreon.com slash brotofantasy. We're gonna. Bang. It's gonna be a long one today. So I usually check in. Jason's had a long day. I think non nonstop Petrop is what I called it. Jason in the last podcast. I think I'm gonna stick with that. That's what people used to call my dad when he was a kid. And I think Jason is. Uh, Jason drove at like six six in the morning, three hours, and then class, and then behind the scenes Brodo stuff, and then now this. Jason's Jason's out here, man. And then I'm gonna finish the third season of Better Call Saul after this. Ew. Jason's got a, a now. That's a full day if I've ever heard one. Tim, you watch Succession? I don't know. You should watch Succession. It's it's a show that's right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. You'd very much enjoy it. 
It's a it's a it's a smart show. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I find it hard to empathize with people like that. And sympathize and empathize. You'll see. It's a it's a very good show. All right. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, one one guy that I did not sympathize with or empathize with over the years. Bang. Has been Matt Ryan. I've been on fire lately. That, was, all, that I, was great. I don't know if you. I don't know if you Word, heard. I missed the episode last week. Yeah, I don't Good work, know. fellas. Obviously, you didn't listen to it because I hit two transitions completely it. out of the park. Grant, you did. It was great. No, I listened to it. Week. Yeah, <laughs> I always listen to it when I'm not on the podcast. I gotta gotta get filled in on the goodness. Michael always hits us up like, "Yo, you guys made me so mad. I wish I could have said something right here." <laughs> Every time. Anyway, you guys gonna um, be mad a lot. I don't want to say. I don't want to talk. You look, 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 look. Sometimes. The pats on the back should be saved for other people, not yourself. But sometimes you got to give yourself a self pat on the back, because it was around this time last year that I started saying on the podcast that Matt Ryan would no longer be the starting quarterback for the Falcons this time next year. I even tweeted that in September before the season started that Matt Ryan would not be the starting quarterback. Be fraudulent for the Atlanta Falcons in 2022. But Kyle Pitts was the savior. Um, yeah, and all of this stuff makes. And do you know what's crazy? They were in a draft where they could have had Justin Fields, and I know you guys how you guys feel about Justin Fields, but I like Justin Fields, or Mac Jones, who has proven to be a competent NFL quarterback, and instead they went with the tight end, and they said we're going to keep Matt Ryan. And now Matt Ryan is getting exchanged for a third-round pick to the Indianapolis Colts, and they brought in Marcus Mariota, formerly coached by Arthur Smith in Tennessee. Interesting pairing there. So it looks like the Falcons are going to go into this season with Marcus Mariota and the Colts are going to go into the season with Matt Ryan as the QB carousel of this offseason. I always find this backup quarterback phenomenon hilarious. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, nobody wanted him anymore. Marcus Mariota, nobody wanted him anymore. They spend a year as a backup and just the hype continues to inflate, and then everyone's like, you know, they should go after Mitch Trubisky. He looks like the best he's had ever. Meanwhile, he just sat on the bench for an entire year behind Josh Allen. Like, what did <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky do in the past year to make everyone like, Mitchell Trubisky's back, baby? You don't got to ask me. He didn't you know step I'm, on the field. You know I've always been on the troop train. <laughs> it's just the, the hyperinflation of backup QBs who are young and still might got it. He they, they Maybe they still got it. Yeah, go... Go young QB. Like, I don't know. You don't still really got it. Yeah, close. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, to me, like, this is a cool opportunity for nah, two cool. guys to get a second chance that don't re- Usually, second chances don't happen in the NFL. It just, if it was last year, people would be like, ha, Mitchell Trubisky, ha, Marcus Mariota starting jobs. And now it's like, they're back. Let's go. I'm hyped. Well, I think it's be- also because, like, the quarterback landscape is worse than it was two years ago because you have a bunch of good quarterbacks who just retired over the last couple seasons, and you have like a changing of the guard at quarterback. It's it's a it's a it's a new league at quarterback right now. Um, it's not the same. There was like a a pantheon of quarterbacks from like two thousand one on, and those quarterbacks aren't playing anymore. So it's like a whole new crop of guys. Besides, you know, Aaron Rodgers, obviously Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady is the night king, but like Aaron Rodgers is. You know, there, but he's he was later in that generation anyway. So it's a whole brand new crop of quarterbacks, and you know Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota look a lot better this year than they would have last year. If there was a lot of rookies coming out in the draft, that's true. It is a very weak QB class a, it, by uh, most. Will, most will say that if there was five QBs coming out in the draft this year, like there were last year, I don't think many people are talking about Mitch Trubisky or 
Marcus Mariota. It's crazy how difficult. I mean, it this is. happened with Sam Darnold last year. That's true. And Carson Wentz to an extent. I mean, Sam so. Darnold was on a team though, and so was Carson Wentz. Like they were the starters already. It's crazy how difficult it is they to both be sucked. like an NFL quarterback though, because like half the league is actually good or above, and that's it. And there's only 32 of these positions in the entire world, and we can't even get like 32 players who are mad good. I think they're all they're all mad good. It's all about like well yeah like not mad good very not degrees. so much better than the other players who are mad good at the other positions. <laughs> yeah, but then and then you we get and you get just quarter, fucking idiots. And quarterback rooms, uh, excuse me, quarterback drafts, kind of like how EJ Manuel was the number one quarterback that one time when everyone knew the draft was weak. And then, yeah, and then you got guys, teams Dwayne like Haskins. the Colts playing a uh, hot potato playing with scrub-ass old quarterback quarterbacks. Yeah, let's talk about Matt Ryan a little bit, Jason. Obviously, you're not a big fan of this. Go ahead. Sound off, kid. I mean, Matt Ryan hasn't been good in like four or five years. Honestly, Matt Ryan has had two very good seasons in his life. Which are essentially outliers at this point. Yo, Jason is so dirty to me right now. The Colts fucking try to do this with Carson Wentz, give up draft capital for him. That fails, and they decide, yeah, let's go try to do the same thing with an older scrub-ass Carson Wentz-type player named Matt Ryan. What do they expect? He's going to come in and lead them to a Super Bowl? Just keeping them in purgatory. He's better than Carson Wentz. Let's be honest. I don't know, man. Carson Wentz did not have a bad year last year, man. I don't know. I, I was, Carson I was listening Wentz was a game manager. Shocking. I was listening to Marcus Spears on ESPN today, and he was talking about how this is an upgrade because you're not going to have the head-scratching interceptions like you do with Wentz. Like, yes, you are. I do not like, listen to a word ESPN says anymore. I know, but I, you know, I was working out as in the background. But, like, yes, you are, bro. Like, Matt Ryan is throws stupid picks all the time. Matt Ryan has been a garbage-time quarterback for his entire life. It, it, it's Everyone's throwing out this stat that since he won the MVP in 2016, he has the most passing yards in the league. Congratulations. Volume, his, baby. His teams have sucked. Yeah, these are volume stats. If you think Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, you also think Russell Westbrook is a good basketball player. <laughs> like, that's like the direct comparison. Sport crossover. It's true, because because you can understand with Russell Westbrook, like, what you mean by his numbers are you, there, but he sucks. You go too hard on Matt Ryan. But nah, man. He, that's he, for another time. Matt Ryan's always been like this, and he's just getting worse and worse as the time goes. With that being said, I think he's a I better. Mean, he is f- older at this point. I think he's a, a good fit in Indianapolis. I think it's like Jonathan Taylor's obviously the the cream the, the cream cheese on the bagel that the is cream de la cream. <laughs> that is the Colts offense, and he's a Devontae Freeman to Matt Ryan, but better, way better in the glory days of. I, I mean, yeah, but and and Matt Ryan's way worse. So like, not he really is worse, yeah. It's a very Philip Riversy move. Like they'll yeah. be they'll be equivalent to how they were with Philip Rivers, except Jonathan Taylor will be much better. So they'll have a chance to make the playoffs next year, probably. But it's not gonna they're not gonna be a real contender with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Teams are teams are too content with just being being nine or ten win teams, even eight, even seven, seven mm-hmm. to ten wins. They're not getting anywhere. They're not gonna do shit. Like unless you're an up and coming team with like a Joe Burrow. Where you know you can take that next step, but just acquiring Matt Ryan and maintaining that seven to ten win status, what's that do for the team? It does make me think because I was a big fan. I recommended it a hundred thousand times of uh, in season hard knocks last year, and I was watching that. And Frank Frank Reich is always talking about like championship. The goal is the championship. We're going to the championship, championship, championship. This is a championship roster. I know we have a championship roster. Da da da. This is the move that they thought was going to put them over the top to a championship. 
Like, I mean, it does make logical sense, right? Like, they don't have a, a first-round pick. Or are they just going to throw their season in the trash can and start, like, Easton, uh, Jacob Easton or whatever? Like, No, but I think that there's other quarterbacks out there that like are probably Like, they're not a available. bad roster. Like, if I'm them, like, why not Why not call about B- Baker Mayfield? Why not make Baker Mayfield the target? That would be that would be interesting, you know, because Baker he could play when he when he's allowed to play in a more free environment. I feel like Baker would be a lot better. I I wonder about Deshaun Watson and a Kevin Stefanski offense, because Kevin Stefanski is all about getting the ball out quick. I wonder how he moves the offense for Deshaun Watson, or if Stefanski ends up just being doesn't matter. Like he's he's gone. Jason, did we talk about Deshaun Watson in the last show? Did we discuss Deshaun Watson? We did. We did. Okay. Uh, Jameis Winston. Well, not as a member of the Browns. We just discussed him. No, that's what I mean. Okay, so that's what we have to talk about. I mean, I mean, it's been discussed. If you, at this point you haven't heard about Deshaun Watson, but I think we do have an obligation. We like to we like to keep it football only, like political neutral on the sh- on the show. Like you, anyone who knows me in real life knows that I can go on and on about like. My thoughts about the geopolitical world and politics and things of that nature, uh, but you know we like to keep it neutral here. But I think like when when sports and and you know the environment around you, I wouldn't say politics, but like uh, current events when they cross over like this, it's hard to ignore. What's your guys' thoughts on the Browns giving Deshaun Watson? I feel like not only did they give him the most guaranteed money ever by a lot. But they also structure the contract where he's not facing any sort of repercussion for being suspended an entire year. They made that they made that contract where if you don't know, they don't, he's only making one million dollars next year. They made that contract so like with the anticipation of him being suspended an entire year. So if you're the Browns and the Browns, that's let the out, bullshit part, right? And the, and the Browns put out a statement today, bro. Whoever their PR person is, like they, he found the most elegant way to say nothing. It was absolutely nothing he said. Yeah, say nothing. They didn't say anything. It's all just <clears throat> to keep it PG. Just yucky. Yeah, like it's all just yucky. Like the way the the Sean Watson was being revered around the league in general was just very yucky and kind of gross. Because I, I understand he wasn't criminally charged with Jason. Jason has discussed this. Criminal charges, you have to be 95% or more to be charged. Like, there's a 95% or more chance that you did it. Civilly has to be... Technically speaking. Technically speaking. And then civilly, technically speaking, 50% chance or more that you did it. He could still be charged civilly. Uh, just because he was charged not charged criminally doesn't mean he did nothing wrong. It's like, it's a... He shed... He said, she said, times 22 situation situation here. So, like, are we really just supposed to believe this guy? And just because just he wasn't criminally charged, everyone's acting like it's not happening in the NFL and going after him is very odd in my eyes. I, I'm just, I've generally kept away from it because I'm like, what? A, it's not like we could do anything about it. But I've, I've just found it very, I found it all very strange. And then the, the Browns just giving him this ginormous contract. And like Jason, I was walking with Jason down the street and we were talking about it. And it's like, Jason was saying, Deshaun Watson, man, what did he do in Houston to begin with? Like, it's not like he didn't even make the playoffs every year. Like, yes, he's a good quarterback. That's not debatable. 
But it's not like you're trading for the the best quarterback in the league, like a Patrick Mahomes or like a Tom Brady or like an Aaron Rodgers. Like those guys are never going to miss the playoffs. Deshaun Watson missed the playoffs several times in his career already. So it's just, I don't know, it's all questionable in my eyes. Jason, what are your thoughts on this? I, like I kind of got at, my least favorite part of it all is that the contract was structured to say, whatever, get suspended, it doesn't matter to us. We're going to give you fucking 40 to $50 million a year after that, no matter what. And we'll go from there. Like, that's just some straight-up bullshit. They just got played by someone who is trying to play the legal system. And, look, I get it. Winning is a big thing in the NFL. But I said last week as well, Michael just touched on it, Sean Watson had four wins the last time he was on the field. So I'd like to see a lot more. I, I The Browns made a Browns move. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a Browns move. Definitely does because you know they acquired a star, quote unquote, quarterback. But in so many other ways, it's a Browns move. I I feel, I feel like it's feels exactly like a Browns move. Feels like a desperation move. The Browns have reeked of desperation for years now, and this is definitely a desperation play. Three three first round picks. This is a if this doesn't work out, your franchise is is death. And there's a chance that he doesn't play football in two years and then has a fully guaranteed $230 million coming his way. And the last time we saw him, we went 4-12. And, and he has 22 allegations of sexual misconduct and sexual assault. Like, if you don't know the difference between sexual misconduct and sexual assault, like, it's a big difference. 99% of class action suits get settled because there are many steps to a class action. Like, plaintiffs need to, like, defendants are always going to file a motion to dismiss. Then they're always going to file a motion to deny class certification. And then if that gets through, which is a tough barrier to meet, they're always going to appeal that. Most of the time, the court will grant the appeal. And then they get to the, where they'll file motions for summary judgment. And this is, there's still the whole trial that has to be done, like, Class actions, ninety nine percent of the time, get settled. So I wonder, uh, I wonder how much this new contract is going to play into settlement talks. And I'm not a huge like a QB wins guy. You know, that's like a big thing. Like, uh, do wins actually tell you if the quarterback's good or not? I mean, like guys like Mac Jones, I think are he's overhyped right now because the Patriots won. I don't think it really had that much to do with him overall. He played well. Um, he played decently, but I think he's just a decent quarterback. But whatever, that's that's besides the point. All I'm saying is I'm not a big QB wins guy. So I'm not saying Deshaun Watson. But, but I'm saying if you're a good quarterback, you should at least be at 500. You shouldn't be going 4-12. and 12. I don't care what roster you have around you. It's still NFL players like he did in Houston. Nah, that was a that was a pretty big shit show in Houston. And the All right, who's the best well. quarterback in the last three years to win less than five games? The Browns aren't that much better than the Texans. Of old. You mean of old. They stay competitive roster, because Stefanski's a run-first coach, and they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they control the clock, and the defense doesn't stay tired. They play anti-2022 football, and when in a copycat league, when you're playing a different game than everyone else, it works to an extent. But if they go away with that, with from that with the Sean Watson too, it's not like they have a very good team. 
It's gonna be interesting, man. I think I think this this speaks to a larger issue too, and like um, a lot of people again will point to this, and then they'll like I saw a tweet from a former player that said uh, Calvin Ridley bets fourteen hundred dollars to the for the Falcons to win, gets suspended for one year. Deshaun Watson, twenty two accounts of sexual assault, uh, two hundred and thirty million dollar contract, and I think. Th- it's it's a big issue and no one's really talking about this right now. It is, is at us as a society, our willingness to put morality in the hands of big corporations, you know, like the NFL. Like, is anyone surprised that the NFL doesn't give a shit about this? They literally only do it because of public backlash. Yes. Otherwise, they they just laugh it off. And I can't say the NFL. The Browns. The Browns and the teams in the NFL. Like, because the other guys were went for the him too. They just didn't get him. So, like, the, the Saints are complicit. The, the the Panthers are complicit. Like, they all just want to win. And that's all that fucking matters. You know what I mean? And that's how, to an extent, like, you understand where they're coming from. But society puts them in a position where they have to be the arbiters of morality as well. And I think you put yourself in a dangerous position when you do that as a society. Like this. Where Deshaun Watson, like, he did something horrible to multiple people. Like, something that's going to ruin people's lives, he did. Like, people need to, like, like he's, he, he may have ruined the lives of 22 girls forever. Like, their relationships are going to be fucked up. They're going to have trust issues. They, this shit fucking lingers. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect their everything. 22 people. But the Browns care about his his you know his stats and if he wins, and this is why I am I I hate the part that they push all the money back, because even if he is not guilty, not liable, right? Let's just let's just side with Deshaun Watson for a second. Say all of them are lying, fine. But the Browns are still saying that they accept that they're not lying and that Deshaun Watson did do these things by pushing that contract money back. That's right. the way I see it. And right. that's why that's why that's my least favorite part of all of this. Well, the NFL, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. The NFL has talked to 11 of the 22 girls, uh, women, excuse me. And then, you know, SI did a did a article. I don't know if you guys read it. And it, it was a, a different woman who wasn't even pressing charges, wasn't even suing. She wasn't on the lawsuit. And she just gave it a recount of what happened with Deshaun Watson. It was, you know, it's crazy shit, man. So it's, 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 a, it's a rich guy who... Is trying to use his power to take advantage of young young women. That never happens. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's classic. Unfortunately, like it, this shit happens all the time. And man, we live in a crazy world, bro. Where where like the NFL is putting this, and and us as fans and and analysts, we're put in a position where we have to we have to weigh morality with you know the game that we love and 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 break down this player doing these things, knowing that when he's not playing, he's doing these other things. It's a it's a weird spot to be in. Um, but with that being said, let's move on to more QB news real quick. Cause we didn't sign about, we didn't talk about Marcus Mariota. I think that's an interesting fit with the Falcons. I think if I'm the Falcons, it, it's a better fit than, it's a better fit than Matt Ryan for what I'm doing. I would, I would rather give Marcus Mariota a second chance. And if he sucks, I'll get a high draft pick in what's supposed to be a strong draft class, class next year. How are you guys feeling about Marcus Mariota? Yeah, I get that. I'm fine with that. I think it's a. It's not a. 
purgatory move because I thought Marcus Mariota is not very good. So, all right, let's give this guy a young young guy a shot. And if he sucks, we'll draft a quarterback. That's what more teams should do. Honestly, the biggest quarterback news of the day, Matt Barkley signs with the Bills. Oh, shit. Boom. I really want him on the Jets. Gonna... Did you know the Bills got Case Keenum? They traded a seventh-round pick for Case Keenum. Damn, we got a three-way trade for race in Keenum. Buffalo. Matt, Matt Barkley, famously a hero in Buffalo. Because he we could something. be hero. Uh, Jameis Winston resigns two years, twenty-eight million dollar contract. So, I think this is this is like uh, this is good money for Jameis to have a shot. Like, and but not you're not you're not like you know Jameis. You know I don't want to marry you, but you know let's uh, let's go on vacations together and let's date for a couple years. You think the uh, Taysom Hill experience is over? Yes. I, I find it hard for Taysom Hill to have the support of anyone except his, the head coach that just left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jameis. I mean, Jameis was a game manager. To be completely honest, a pretty decent game manager while he was uh, while he was playing last season before his injury. They had success. He was high in true throw value. He was high in uh, EPA and those advanced statistics. But those are like this. I don't know why people people who shit on analytics, there's such an easy way to shit on analytics, and it's to look at Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater because they both have had several seasons where it seems like they were good, where they're so clearly not good. Like, why do you not just point to those two guys? Like, yeah, Jameis Winston's true throw value and EPA were high last season, but that all you also have to look at the situations he was in, the volume throwing, that's why there's no, there's no one answer. You got to look at a bunch of different things. So you non-analyst people out there, if you're listening, just start shitting on Winston and Teddy Bridgewater every time you want to shit on analytics. Because <laughs> let's be real, James Winston's a regular-ass QB. All right. With that being said, we are about to enter part two part, of this podcast, uh, which we, it's, it's good. We're, we're going to give the people a little, a little taste of it for free, which I, which I like. It's not. It's not just gonna be exclusively Patreon this 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 time. So what we are doing today, something that we concocted. So we want to talk about these rookies, right? But you know, it's it's boring to just go. This rookie does this, and this rookie does that. No, we're gonna do it in a different way. We're gonna have a fantasy draft, but our fantasy draft is gonna live in the world of fantasy. <gasps> That's right. It's a fantasy fantasy draft. Oh my gosh! And in this fantasy fantasy draft. The rookies are being drafted to teams whose only goal is to make the best fantasy roster possible. And in order to do that, we need to look at the NFL from a fantasy perspective. So the order of this draft is going to be determined by the amount of fantasy points that the team scored last year currently on the team at the beginning of the offseason. Bang, bang. Did that make sense? So, for example, the Giants, as a team, had the least amount of fantasy points on their squad at the beginning of the offseason. So, they'll be getting the first pick, um, followed by Houston, and we're going to be going over. So, we have a special treat for you guys as well. Uh, we have three of our fabulous Brodo riders joining us. Uh, <laughs> Gianluca, not Giancarlo, Gianluca. Uh, f- uh, Taryn. Not Giancarlo Luca. That's not Giancarlo the Luca. Variation. 
Taryn and Themi. If you want to catch them on the article version of this, the article will be available on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app as well, uh, where you could find all 14 picks and their reasoning. But they also dropped some voice notes uh, to join me, Jason, and the sexiest of the crew. Me? Santiago Casanova. You just completely skipped over me. I said us. You said me, Jason, and the sexiest, Santiago. Oh, and you know this 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 guy Michael too, so fourteen picks, seven analysts. Here we go with the first pick. The New York Giants are on the clock, who scored less than who had less than a thousand fantasy points on their team last year. Jason, terrible. You are representing the Giants. Who are you drafting with the first pick? Of the fantasy, fantasy rookie draft. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the general manager of the Giants, and I am drafting solely for fantasy points. Are you? Are you? So is, is the Macho Man Randy Savage right? yes, the GM exactly. of I'm the, the Macho Man? Why? Why are you being the Macho Man Randy Savage? All right, I won't do that. I <laughs> thought it would be fun. All right, so I'll walk you through my thought process. We want fantasy points, people. That's what we're doing. All right. It's a one quarterback league. So we're talking one quarterback and, you know, not me, but the actual Giants GM still wants Daniel Jones to have a fighting chance. So, you know what? Whatever. We'll leave quarterback alone. We'll leave well enough in quotes alone. And then, of course, we got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. And so we're not going to go and draft a Brees Hall because we already have Saquon Barkley. And that's just going to cut into playing time. And that's going to lead to less fantasy points to go around. So I'm looking at wide receiver or tight end. Uh, and no tight ends really are jumping out at me with the number one overall pick. This is an important pick. And there's a lot of very good wide receivers uh, in this draft class. And there's not really a consensus wide receiver one. There's a lot of very good ones. Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Drake London. They're all, they, Chris Olave. You'll see all of them going one, two, three, four. Others might sneak in. So I'm going to go with, Kenny Galladay's twin. Because the Giants brought in Kenny Galladay last year, and he failed miserably. It's the only way to put it. 500-something yards, no touchdowns. But the Giants brought him in thinking, this guy can fit our system. He's the type of guy we want. So, since a Galladay experiment possibly failed, they're going to go and get themselves a real Kenny Galladay by the name of Drake London out of the university. Of South California. Southern. Drake London. Say Southern California. University of South California. <laughs> um, oh, I said South instead of Southern. Yes, it's Ugh. so different. What an asshole. South Cal- <laughs> California? Like, yeah, you're right. My okay, mouth doesn't even say it. say it. My mouth has to say Carolina. Like, my South mouth Carolina. can't even say South California. Like, I, I stutter. Drake London, Tim, listen to this because it blew my mind. Drake London is six feet three and seven feet. Seventh, eighth inches. Kenny Galladay was 6'4 at his combine. At their, I'm talking about their combine days. Drake London, one pound lighter than Kenny Galladay. Drake London's arms, one inch longer than Kenny Galladay's. And both had hands around nine and a half inches. Their best college seasons, Drake London, 88, 10, 84, and 7. Galladay, 87, 11, 56, and 8. He's, he's Kenny Galladay as a as a college player and, and 
considering he's 6'4", there's been a lot of people, a lot of tall receivers that have had success recently that are tall. DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Kenny Galladay himself, Mike Evans. So tall receivers have been getting more nimble as the years have gone by. Um, and he's pretty fast for a tall guy. He has good yak abilities. He's not like the shiftiest because he's 6'4", but he can get by people and run pretty fast straight. Yeah, uh, He makes tough catches in the air um, with his hands, his body. So I think that Evan Ingram's out the door. Sterling Shepard's going to get injured tomorrow. Kenny Galladay might suck these days. Drake London has a very good chance to score a lot of fantasy points this season. So he's the number one overall pick for the New York Giants. So the first guy is off the board, Mr. Drake London himself. Fourth, one pick down, 13 more picks to go. And if you want to hear those 13 picks, check us out at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Uh, so we are going to pause it here. And, uh, yeah, come join us over on Patreon. Oh, we're back on the Patreon side. Oh, we're back on the Patreon side. All right. With the second pick in the fantasy fantasy draft, the Houston Texans select running back Brees Hall of Iowa State. <sighs> Tim drafted Brees Hall? Whoa. No. This is too easy. Too easy. I, I, you know what? I put myself in this draft pick because I knew I wanted to be in this draft pick because I want to tell you guys about a little guy named Brees Hall. Now, usually, unless you're Dave Gettleman, running backs don't go second overall. But I think that even if he went second overall in the actual draft this year, and you guys might call me crazy, Jason's going to get really mad at me, it wouldn't be the smartest business decision, but there would be a case to be made because I think he's going to be that good of an NFL running back and he's going to be that much, much of a difference maker. Um, Last season, Houston was terrible in the backfield. They were you terrible, remember, period. It was David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, all of which combined, all of them, there was only one run 100-yard rusher all year, and that was Rex Burkhead, Week 16. Remember that Week 16 where he just went absolutely apeshit out of nowhere? Yeah, shout out Rex Burkhead. He does that twice a year. Yeah, so in week 16, uh, Rex Burkhead had 125 yards. And they only had an individual player be the leading rusher in a game. Twice in the entire season. Most of the time, they had, other teams had two running backs that outrushed them. It was Mark Ingram week one who had 85 yards and Burkhead in week 16, like I just said. Now, in terms of running backs, Brees Hall, I got to say, is like the Trevor Lawrence of last year, right? Everyone, when they were evaluating talent last year, was like Trevor Lawrence, break, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, break, right? Everyone, Trevor Lawrence was the undisputed 101, and I think that's how we should look at Brees Hall here. Uh, he has everything you're looking for. He his, He's 5'11", 217 pounds. He looks a lot like DeMarco Murray when he's running. Like, he reminds you a lot of DeMarco Murray. And if you guys remember DeMarco Murray in his prime, DeMarco Murray, he was an he was absolute nasty. beast. He was a beast for years. So that the Cowboys gave him the ball 400 times one year, so they, they, they wore him out. But he has the body type to be a three-down back. In the last two seasons at Iowa State, he rushed for 3,044 yards and 41 touchdowns in two seasons. And on top of that, 59 receptions for 482 yards and five touchdowns through the air. 
He ran a sub 4-4 at the Combine. This guy has everything you need. He has the vision. He has the speed. He has the power. He has the talent. At the goal line, I was watching I was watching Brees Hall video, and I was watching tape. At the goal line, this guy was unstoppable. He, he, he always found a way into the end zone, whether it was slithering through the tiniest crack or busting the head open of a, of a linebacker. He found a way into the end zone every single time. And he had the same, like, he ha- he reminds me, he's like Nick Chubb, but who can catch? Like, I think that he has the ability to come in and be a top five NFL running back within the first two years, kind of like how Jonathan Taylor is. I think he has that type of potential. And if you're Houston right here, you have a subpar offensive line, but even though it's his rookie year, I think he could have, like, if he got drafted by Houston in this fantasy fantasy draft, he could have, like, a Najee Harris-type situation where he's good even if he's not efficient. So, Brees Hall is my pick here at number two for Houston. The next pick You know, is... patrons, real quick, because we have a lot to get through. So, Tim just told me, maybe on the next one, Jason, don't be super long because we have a lot to get through. And then this guy just went on a fucking spiel about Brees Hall. Spiel and a half. Was it that much of a spiel? That was a spiel and a half. Was that a... Basically, at least the same amount of time as I did. I enjoyed right? the spiel, but likely a longer spiel than Yasuna's spiel. Was that a spiel? It was a good spiel. Was that it's a... just a hypocritical spiel. Yeah, we'd be spieling. Was that a spiel of McGill? Or We're was spieling that... right now. Was that a spiel? <laughs> your, your spiel was a little... Uh... I don't know. I lost it. Spiel let's, let's go to the third it was a. It was a, it was spiel show. It was a spiel. <laughs> it ain't my chain, my problem. All right. Uh, our next pick is our first uh, guest pick, and it's by Themi at Gridiron Greek on Twitter with the pick number three. Let's listen up. I, Femi, am representing the Carolina Panthers, and with the third overall pick in the Fantasy Fantasy Draft, select wide receiver Traylon Burks. I know what you may be thinking. Why didn't I go quarterback? Malik Willis is still on the board. But understand that you can't put a rookie quarterback behind this offensive line and expect him to go off with only DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. For at least the short term, the best skill position tackle is wide receiver, and Burks can start quickly for them. He's six foot two and 225 pounds, and he uses that big frame to his advantage. He can shed defenders on the run, and he makes the most of his height and makes spectacular catches. We've seen him make beautiful one-handed catches in the end zone. He can contest corners for those 50-50 balls. He may not be the fastest player overall. His 40 time was only 4.55, but he has great burst with the ball in his hands. He can make catches on the run and even take screens far. I'm a little worried that some of his routes can take a while to develop, but giving Darnold another option will benefit everyone on the team in fantasy. Bang, Yasu Themi. Yasu, Yasu Vre. You want to know what a New York Greek sounds like? Yeah, bying. yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a New York Greek if I have ever heard one. Um, I mean, it's a tra- good selection. It's a good selection. Traylon Burks, you know, he didn't have the he didn't have the best combine. Jason, why did why didn't you go Traylon Burks? Huh? Why why you uh, why Drake London over Burks? Honestly, because he's Kenny Galladay's twin, mm-hmm. and it was just so damn similar that I was like, all right, I just gotta I need to point this out, and I have the Giants, so it's too perfect. All right, the next one. You sound like you're from London. The next one up with the fourth pick, representing the Indianapolis Colts, who don't even have a pick in real life. So the fantasy of fantasies for the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> uh, representing the Indianapolis Colts is Mr. Santiago Casanova. The one and only. With the fourth pick, Indianapolis selects Malik Willis, quarterback. The Colts have invested heavily in offensive weapons recently, and they have very good results. For example, they have... Quentin Nelson, who has been an elite pillar for that offensive line, 
Michael Pittman, who is a good receiver, maybe not as polished as you'd like him to be, but with a lot of raw potential. And, well, Jonathan Taylor, who recently emerged as one of the best running backs in the league. Now, the only thing they need is a crucial centerpiece that will tie the whole offense together, and that's, of course, the quarterback. They traded for Matt Ryan, and he can act as sort of a bridge QB while they develop Willis and start designing an offense around him to take full advantage of, of the premium young offensive core they have and the talents that Willis has. Uh, this is not only a good pick for NFL purposes, but also for fantasy. We know Russian QBs are the new most effective tactic when it comes to, to roster building. And with the proper development, Willis can take that offense and elevate them and make Pittman, Taylor, and everyone involved a hot fantasy commodity in the future. So Cass bad. said, I'll take your one quarterback and pick a quarterback anyway. That's right. Yeah, and he was like, you know what? I got I to gotta do it over now that Matt Ryan is on the Colts. I guess I'll do it over then. Let's go, Cass. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I mean, look. It would be an ideal landing spot. I wish the Colts had a higher draft pick in the actual NFL draft. Uh, they have the roster for it, man. It would be it would be a super interesting situation with Malik Willis. There. Maybe if they had a third round pick, get it? It's <laughs> traded for Matt Ryan. Ha ha ha! Oh, I thought you were calling Malik Willis a third round pick. Just getting hyped up. No, the I next mean, honestly, in some years, Malik Willis might be what might have been a third round pick. Yeah, last year he would have been behind all the big guys, right? I think. I mean, there's also. We talked about this in one of our podcasts, like the, his style of play. Like, think about it in like the '90s. I know it was a long time ago, but Charlie Ward, like Charlie Ward, won the Heisman, and then couldn't even couldn't even come the out as a quarterback. Player. Yeah, like he won the Heisman, couldn't even come out as a quarterback. He ended up going to the NBA. But imagine if like he was, if if that mentality was in 1994 the way it is now, where a guy like Malik Willis is the guy you want to, you know, the the hyper athletic. Super big arm, not just not just from the big school, pocket. not just a pocket guy. But before that was a crime, you know. So it shows you how much the NFL has changed. Um, for the next pick, the Denver Broncos with their newly acquired quarterback had the fifth least fantasy points when the offseason started. So Jason, I mean, no, I'm sorry, uh, we are not going to pick this. Taren. It's Taron uh, at Taron Caravella. Uh, that's K. Uh, that's C. C A R A V E L L A. This motherfucker just started with a not K. Not K. Definitely not K. Uh, Taron Caravella. C A L L O. That's right. Giancarlo <laughs> Luca with all K's. <laughs> um, Joey Callo. All right. Let's see what Taron Ter- has to say. Stop making fun of him. All right. Taron's turn. I, Taryn, am representing the Denver Broncos, and with the fifth pick in the Fantasy Fantasy Draft, we select Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. The Denver Broncos are thought by many to be just a quarterback away because of their many offensive weapons. With Russell Wilson now at the helm, they can be very explosive. And if there's something that any offense can use more of, it's dynamic pass catchers. Garrett Wilson is the perfect addition to Denver's wide receiver room. Wilson's shiftiness and polished route running make him the best separator in this class. And he's a great fit because his skills allow him to play any role. Even though there's already many wide receivers in Denver, he can slot in really anywhere. He'll get open on all levels of the field, whether he's outside or in the slot. 
then one of his most underrated aspects is his ball carrying acumen. Great fantasy assets can be made quickly if a player is as much of a weapon with the ball in their hands as Garrett Wilson. Wilson's the type of player you simply have to find a way to get them the ball. So an interesting one there, Garrett Wilson. Some people's wide receiver one off the board going to a wide receiver heavy team. But, hey, if there's one thing that wouldn't be good for fantasy is get another running back in there um, to take away any potential at all from Javante Williams. Uh, so the next pick is uh, Gianluca at underscore G Martini on Twitter. He is not available to record his voice. He he was all set to, but he had something to deal with. Uh, shout out to him. So I'm going to read his section from the uh, from the the article. You guys ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a a, a different voice. I, I think I'm gonna make him Australian. What do you guys say? Go for it. Australian. Okay. Jamison Williams, Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns select wide receiver Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams transferred from Ohio State to Alabama and immediately made his name known by breaking out and being a finalist for the Belitnikoff Award. He was a wide receiver with incredible speed and is a great route runner on all three levels of the field. His deep route running is definitely his best trait due to his excellent ball speed, and tracking skills. He has elite speed, both in acceleration and long speed. Williams was able to put his speed and acceleration to sell his routes and able to cut effectively when opponents are playing off the line. He also uses his speed to create after the catch, skills he showed firsthand at Alabama. Williams is a great selection for the Cleveland Browns because he is a deep threat to pair with Amari Cooper. He is able to play over the top while Cooper plays underneath and over the middle. Despite his deep threat capabilities, Williams can occupy the short route tree and be a quick target for the quarterback, as well as being a reliable third down option and with his ability to win early, win at all levels. The Browns recently cut wide receivers OBJ and Jarvis Landry, which leaves wide receiver as a need. Williams' skill set fits and fit means he will be able to play right away with Deshaun Watson entering the fold. Williams' excellent fantasy future would be cemented in Cleveland. Thank you so much, uh, bad, Tim. Uh, Mr. Martini. Yeah, it wasn't bad, especially Not if... Bad. Uh, you know, Australian's my uh, my best of the accents. For as, I feel as like. long as you had to talk. Also, good work by Mr. Gianluca Carlos over there, even though he couldn't say it himself. Right, Gianluca, very it's a nice little nice little breakdown on James very Williams. very not Australian. By it the was, way, it was a good. It's interesting that he went with Jameson Williams and uh, highlighted that he transferred out of Ohio State. I might be talking about Ohio State. Next. Michael, maybe. with the seventh pick, you are the Jacksonville Jaguars. With the seventh pick, here we are in Jacksonville. We are taking Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Look, the Jaguars, they're trying to... They've been one of the more active teams this fantasy... Well, this offseason, excuse me. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, all signed to bolster their offense. The impact these players could make is questionable, um, to say the least. But at least the Jaguars are clearly looking to not be the laughing stock of the league anymore and want to compete with the big advantage of a second-year QB, Trevor Lawrence, in his rookie contract. 
They spent a lot of money on uh, Kirk, Jones, and Ingram. But none of them have established themselves as number one targets in the league. You could argue none of them have even established themselves as number two targets in the league. So drafting impact wide receiver from the jump could certainly help enter Chris Olave. Olave is a burner that can make an immediate impact on the field for Trevor Lawrence as a go-to guy. Even as a rookie, I think he could even be similar to Jalen Waddell in Miami of last season, just stepping up into that uh, number one role in that offense right away. Similar to Terry McLaurin, and Jamison Williams had to transfer out of Ohio State because he couldn't, because he wanted to get on the field. Terry McLaurin, similar to uh, Chris Olave, both their numbers don't really pop off the screen if you look at the total yardage and things of that sort. But that's because the Ohio State uh, wide receiver room is just ridiculous and overflowing with talent at all times. Um, and while he's not the number one rated wide receiver on most scouting boards this season, Olave can line up anywhere on the outside in the slot. He proved that in uh, during his time at Ohio State. Um, and he can attack at all three levels, whether, whether they want to give him a little drag underneath, a hitch on the outside, or a streak uh, to highlight those burners of his. I see a situation where Olave could step into Jacksonville and be the uh, the immediate go-to guy for Trevor Lawrence in a uh, upstart offense that's really trying to find themselves this year. So I think this would be a tremendous spot. And that's why in this year's fantasy fantasy draft, Chris Olave will be joining the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you don't you don't think he'll he'll be able to beat out Christian Kirk for the job? <laughs> I actually called Christian Kirk to Jacksonville in our GM meeting episodes. Right, congratulations. Good job, Kirk. I hate you. I hate you. I did that. Um, Jason, you are up next with the eighth pick, the Chicago Bears, who had the e the. Eighth. Eat. The the eighth Eat that pick, boy. least eighth least um fantasy points on their roster at the beginning of the new year. Jason, who are you going with representing the Chicago Bears? So I might butcher his first name. But uh I'm going with wide receiver out of Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Do you guys know how to pronounce his first name? Literally every video of this guy I watch, like highlights, anything. Everyone just calls him Dotson, and I'm fairly certain it's because nobody really knows how to pronounce J A H A N. I would I would I say Jahan. Jahan or Jahan, Jahan or Jahan is. So I'm just gonna go with Mr. Dotson. We'll see. So that. that's who the Bears are taking, receiver out of Penn State, uh, four four speed. He's five eleven, so he's not the tallest guy. 178 pounds, not the biggest guy. But we saw Devontae Smith get drafted highly last year as a skinny dude. Um, I like the figure for the Bears for two reasons. One, they have nobody. They have Darnell Mooney, and their second receiver on their depth chart right now is Byron Pringle. Um, they have Cole Komet at tight end, David Montgomery in the backfield, so uh, and Khalil Herbert in the backfield. So their best option is to go with the wide receiver, and I think that someone who's very fast, uh, a burner for Justin Fields, could do him well. So I'm going with Jahan Dotson who at the end of the day, I honestly think is uh, another, the second reason I went with him to the bears. He's basically the hybrid of Anthony Miller and Tariq Cohen. Cause Jahan Dotson is also a very good returner. He was third team. Uh, like he was third team for his returning skills. He was second team for his receiving skills. So he has return abilities. He's pretty small. He's five eleven, like Anthony Miller was. He's going to have dra- high draft capital. 
So the Bears are going to their roots and drafting the Anthony Miller and Terry Cohen hybrid, Mr. Dotson. Interesting. I kind of forgot that Terry Cohen's even like a, on a team. Boom, Jahan. Jahan Dotson. I was very confused with what Tim was doing, but he had Jahan. to play 45 seconds of a video just to get the name Jahan out there. <laughs> and for the people at home, I can't even hear that. So I just used my um, my Your inference skills. Fucking my senses yeah. to sense that Tim was playing something for the computer because I was very confused as to what was happening. Right, I'm about to make some senses right now. My senses were tingling. I'm about to make some Here sense Tim Spiel. out of the senses. The number nine... I am representing the Atlanta Falcons, and I am taking running back Kenneth Walker the third. Um, Kenneth, look, now that Marcus Mariota is the quarterback for the Falcons, this makes even more sense than when I originally wrote this piece, and that was when Matt Ryan was the quarterback for the Falcons. And it's because of this. The Falcons need everything. The Falcons are a rebuilding franchise right now, and they need everything. So. What are you going to get? You're going to get the sixth best wide receiver off the board, or I can get the second best running back off the board. I'm going to get the second best running back off the board. I'm going to put him in the backfield. I'm going to pair him with Cordero Patterson, with Kyle Pitts, and we could have like a Lions-type situation going on um, like they did last year where they relied a lot on the backfield and catching the, the dual running backs out of the backfield and the tight end. And the perfect guy to be that first and second down option to a quarter Patterson type of third down back is uh, Kenny Walker from Michigan State. He fits the mold, 5'9", 211, very solid frame, but he has pop. He ran a 4'3", 40-time. He ran along of at least 90 yards in each of his seasons in college. So he's broken up a 90-yard run three straight years. So this guy has breakaway speed. Impressive work. And he also can bang. Uh, in three years, 3,000 yards, 35 touchdowns. But it was really last year where he got the lion's share of the cat carries where he broke off 600, I mean, sorry, 1,636 rushing yards and 18 rushing TDs. Um, he only has 13 receptions in his career, right? So there are limits to Kenny Walker that don't make him the 1A of the running back class. But that does not make him not a good running back. You see a lot of running backs still in the, in the NFL that can't catch passes. And you can pair him with Cordero Patterson. Especially because Cordero Patterson is a guy who he's going to be 33. Like, I'm 30. I'll tell you what, bro. When I turned 33, things started changing in my body. I'm telling you. And 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 uh, and my, my brother-in-law, who is a very spiritual guru type of dude who, who works on... He's going to be an acupuncturist. He's going to acupuncture school. He works on body movements and stuff. He says at age 33, something happens in your body where you, things start breaking down. And I, I feel it. And, you know, he's going to, you know, he's 33 and he can't be your every down running back. So if I'm the Falcons and I am right now, I am drafting Kenny Walker here to to make my uh, to make my RPO game with Marcus Mariota go and run to perfection. So with the ninth pick. It is Kenny Moore the third. With the next pick, we have Themi joining us again, where he will be representing the New Orleans Saints, who just lost out on Deshaun Watson but gained a Jameis Winston in exchange. 
Go ahead, Jay. Hi, Femi. I'm representing the New Orleans Saints, and with the 10th overall pick in the fantasy fantasy draft, select wide receiver Sky Moore. At the time that I'm recording this, we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation for the Saints, but I expect Jameis Winston to stay there. The team had a negative cap space situation that they turned around for the better, and then they find themselves with a lot of money. They may want to re-sign Jameis, or they may stick with someone like Taysom Hill, who they already have under contract, and they can fix the rest of the team. Regardless of who starts, I like both quarterbacks for fantasy purposes, as long as one is a clear starter. The Saints are in a similar situation to the Carolina Panthers, They've got a little bit of QB uncertainty, a great number one wide receiver and running back, and nobody else doing much on the offense. Sky Moore can change that. The small but explosive receiver shined in his final season at Western Michigan, hauling in 94 balls for over 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. His size may become an issue in the NFL, and admittedly there will be concerns that he played against subpar competition in college. But that doesn't mean a leap in the big leagues is impossible. He's about the same size as guys like Steve Smith, Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, some of those guys play for small schools, too. I've got to imagine there's going to be a chip on his shoulder, and there's going to be a lot of motivation for him to train as hard as someone like Antonio Brown, although his draft capital will probably be a lot better. Moore was used a lot in things like jet sweeps, and he was even a good blocker. You need to remember, he wasn't a wide receiver in high school, so this quick transformation is impressive, and I love his versatility. Although head coach Sean Payton is gone now, the team was ninth in the league in pre-snap motion percentage, according to ESPN, and I see the start of something great. It's going to be a great versatile player, someone like Taysom Hill, although more of a focus on wide receiver. Bang, bang. Femi coming with the stats. Sky Moore is one of those guys where you didn't hear about, you don't really know about him, and then all of a sudden, bam, he's on everyone's radar. Um, he's one of the guys that PFF has rated a lot higher than most others. I think that's what got him that attention because also I know Kuiper was on him. For a while, and I know McShay was on him for a while. I like Kuiper McShay. I know you don't really fuck with ESPN, but they do great draft draft coverage. Those guys really know their shit. So I, I like Kuiper McShay on the on the draft coverage. But hey, Themi Mikalakis, right? That's how you say his last name. Probably. I better I better not I better not mess up another Greek name, you know. Uh, but Themi, he uh, he killed that. Uh, by the way, at Gridiron Greek on Twitter. Um, next up is Casanova representing the Philadelphia Eagles. With the 11th pick, Philadelphia will select wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. I know Philadelphia has a questionable record when drafting wide receivers in recent memory. Uh, it's not easy to forget J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager. However, they might be ready to turn it around after last year's pick of Devonta Smith. They already have a QB situation sorted out, depending on who you ask, but I, I still believe they can use Hertz and, and move the offense around him. And even though they don't use them properly, their RB room is solid. So what do you need for fantasy? Another wide receiver to line up across Smith and give defenses a little bit more trouble. The road of fantasy comps has Tolbert compared to wide receivers like Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, and Michael Gallup. And and let me just add this, that the proto-fantasy comps are not very kind to most prospects. So the fact that he has three decent to great wide receivers as his comps is very, very encouraging. I'm sure that Tolbert could put together a couple very good fantasy seasons in Philadelphia, and I would love to see this move. Tolbert having those comps is very interesting. I will say this. In order for me to not think of a fat guy when I hear Tolbert, he's going to have to put in some work. 
Mike Tolbert. <laughs> Mike Tolbert. Yeah. I th- when I hear Fullback Tolbert, guru, I think Mike Tolbert. Like Tolbert sounds like a fat guy name. So he's gonna have to put in some work. Philly could certainly. I use am Tolbert. Tolbert. I like that. All right. Uh, next, representing the Detroit Lions, uh, Mr. Taron Caravella again on the mic. Uh, Mr. Taron, uh, I am representing the Detroit Lions, and with the 12th pick in the fantasy fantasy draft, we select Justin Ross, wide receiver, Clemson. If it weren't for the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown, the, the Detroit Lions would be a fantasy wide receiver wasteland. Even with seven pass catchers already off the board, the Lions are in a prime position to take a swing on six foot four, 210 pound Justin Ross out of Clemson. Ross won't be high on many draft boards because despite an electric freshman year, he had spinal surgery in 2020. It threatened his career. Also, a rough outing in 2021, statistically, mostly due to some poor quarterback play. Ross's freshman tape, however, shows the prototypical NFL wideout. He has a complete route tree and is not at all limited by his large frame. He has a truly rare ability to sink his hips during his routes for his size. If Ross can return to his 2018 form, he'd be a great addition to most teams, but Detroit is an especially nice fit. Jared Goff may not be the ideal quarterback, but he's certainly good enough to support a receiver like Justin Ross on the outside. Ross's massive wingspan and ability to just pluck balls out of the air from outside his frame will give Goff the confidence to throw his way, and it won't take targets away from St. Brown out of the slot or even Swift out of the backfield. Justin Ross is certainly a worthwhile swing of the bat. I'm a big fan of Justin Ross. I don't know if you guys are going to remember this, but I remember this. When we did a way too early, like five years from now, fantasy draft a couple years back, I had Justin Ross in the first round. Redraft, not dynasty. That's how good his rookie season was and how much hype there was around him before injuries nice. and such. I'd love such. to listen to that. Yeah, right? Yeah. That would be cool. Before injuries and such started uh, started hitting him. Bro, we should we should totally re uh, repackage that. That's my concern. Like you're, like the way you looked his freshman year. You're saying like, you, I mean, you projected him as a first round pick, but like Jamar Chase level. But to have a spine surgery yeah, and then tough. not be great in 2021 is concerning. Hundred percent, yeah. But I mean, it's a it's certainly a high upside pick for whichever team goes after him, and it would absolutely make a lot of sense for Detroit to take that upside. All right, thank you, Taryn. Uh, the next pick, the thirteenth pick, is. The Tennessee Titans and the Tennessee Titans. What accent this time? Will be represented by. J- I only got one accent, man. I got Australian. That's all I got. <laughs> he turned Australian while saying Australian. That was solid. I got Australian. I got Australian. Fosters. Fosters. Uh, so uh, you want to have a chat? Wide receiver. You want to watch Love Island watch and have a chat? Telly. No, that's that's British. Michael's just saying Love Island phrases now. <laughs> yeah, you want to have a chat? And it's not a chat. It's a. That's what they say. Not banter. We'll have some no, banter. No, they're bantering, but they won't have a chat. It's got well. good banter. Oh, it's got good banter. Oh, yeah, it's good. Got good. Got maybe good I could. Maybe I could try. Maybe <laughs> I could try English. But with the, but, the, but the, the thing about the problem with my English is it always turns Australian eventually. Turns Australian, so I'm yeah. gonna start off Australian. <laughs> All right. Uh, wide receiver David Bell put up incredible numbers this year for Purdue, and that's why I'm taking him here with Tennessee with the number 13 pick. Um, no tight ends. Using his physicality in his 6'2", 205-pound frame, he uses his strength to overpower cornerbacks and fights for extra yards. Off the line of scrimmage, Bell has a great release, allowing him to win early and often. Once 
he has set once once he has a step on a quarterback, once he has a step on a quarterback, he does well to break through the would-be tacklers and is an excellent yak receiver. Bell has great hands, making catches look effortless by just plucking the ball out of the air. He has an incredible body control as well on his catches and uses his frame to shield off defenders. Bell is a great selection for us, the Titans, because we need another option at wide receiver outside of the often injured A.J. Brown and the newly acquired Robert Woods. He is also a great addition because he wins routes early and very effectively when running play action, which the Titans run at a very high rate. Not only is he able to win early and can also be a quarterback's best friend on third down when there needs to be a quick throw. David Bell is a great water saver who will help the Titans tremendously. Started losing it a little bit with the uh, the commas and and periods in there. He just kind of started why. going on like I a run on. But. Just uh, to be honest, like <laughs> doing the, reading like high like this is like you know, Gianluca is a is is a smart guy. He's saying smart things. Reading smart things while also having to concentrate on saying it with an accent is, is a little difficult. It's not going to lie. I like the sign okay. as well. <laughs> Makes a ton of sense for Tennessee to go after someone like David Bell. Yes, it does. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up drafting him in like the second round this year. Um, with that being said, Michael, the last pick of this draft, we're doing it NBA lottery yeah. style. The 14th pick, who do you pick for our hometown New York Jets? With the 14th pick and the final pick of the... 2022 fantasy fantasy draft. The New York Jets select out of Texas A&M running back Isaiah Spiller. Spill on me. Look, Michael Carter had an impressive rookie season for the Jets, um, but a full workhorse role is almost guaranteed not to happen. Carter split the backfield in UNC with Javante Williams. Then he split the backfield last year with uh, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. But Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson were not nearly as impressive as Carter, and that's not... Very shocking, if we're being honest. So to see the Jets go after some fresh legs in the draft to compliment Carter would make a ton of sense, especially a running back that isn't like Brees Hall, where you might have to pay a premium. And some people think Isaiah Spiller uh, could be the second best running back in his class. He's also a good compliment to Carter because at six foot, two hundred seventeen pounds, compared to Carter, who's five eight, two hundred one. They can match up well together because Spiller, he runs hard with vision um, and struggles in pass blocking and receiving in general. While Carter, who could also have success on early downs, is a much stronger pass catcher and a much stronger uh, pass blocker as well. So with the Jets heading into year two of the Salah, LaFleur, Wilson era, with two top ten picks to either bolster their offensive line or provide offensive weapons, we could see a much improved offense from what we saw in 2021. The Spiller-Carter Spiller duo could lead to a strong one-two punch for the Jets, providing some RB2 flex appeal from both these guys. As Spiller likely handles goal line work, and Carter catches passes, and they mix in together in early downs. So, Isaiah Spiller to the Jets, baby. Let's go Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Done with ye old draft, folks. Yeah, man, that was like the, the draft lottery. That was fun. I want to win the actual lottery. That, that would be That would be great. That'd be great. If I won the actual lottery, I'd put mad money into Brodo. Not going to lie. We'd have a nice studio. We'd be coming at you live every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would be coming at you 24-7 with as much football nonstop action as possible. 247-365. So help us win the real lottery. 
And tell your friends to join Patreon. I bet 60 cents to win 950K on FanDuel today did not hit. You don't say. Shocking. Jason has made more donations with ridiculous bets. Absolutely shocking. I know. I haven't made a bet in a long time, man. It's not the same without the NFL. Baseball's coming. Back y'all. Back y'all. Back y'all. I can't wait for baseball. And then when that fizzles out, football betting never gets boring. That's going to be a lot of fun. You know why football betting never gets boring? It's because we're good at it. So, like, we win. I suck at bat. I can't win a basketball bet for nothing. Like, I, I don't know anything about basketball. It's crazy. <laughs> LeBron James is a guy, right? No, LeBron James. I, I know a lot more than that, but I, I, I don't really even know about. Annoying. I don't really. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't really even know about the Knicks this year. Like, I know who their best players trash. are, but usually I'm at least in, in touch with What team is Cade Cunningham on? Psh. Grizzlies? Pistons. He was the first overall, the overall pick. Wow. Psh. I couldn't. I did. I had no idea. What team is Sadiq? It Bay wasn't. On? It wasn't one of those classes with like a Zion though. I'll give you that. What team is Sadiq? It's like Bay an Anthony Bennett on. type of draft, huh? Sadiq Bay, Toronto, Pistons. He just put up fifty points. Are you guys just testing me on the Pistons. Tim, oh, actually, Michael, why would you pick another Pistons? Player? I actually saw that because the trick Tim. I actually saw that uh, highlight. Like this guy just dropped fifty out of nowhere, right? Cade Cunningham's actually good. He's not Anthony Edwards. That was one of the strangest. Like, yeah, because so everyone obvious, knew Anthony, Anthony Bennett Edwards. wasn't going to be good. Oh, Anthony Bennett, right. That's Anthony Edwards about. was the number one pick, too, though. He was He's good. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett was one of the strangest first overall picks of all time. Like, everyone knew that dude was trash. It was so strange. It's not like that many good players came out of that draft anyway. But still, he was so clearly not going to be, like, not going to translate to the NBA. <laughs> but was that the Steph Curry draft? No, nah, bro. The yeah. Steph Curry draft was good. That's why he fell to like eight. Or I don't nine. know. Steph Curry went to Davidson, bro. Yeah, but he was a fucking beast. Yeah, but he was undersized. People were hating on him. He was the third point guard taken in the draft that year. Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn, baby. Yeah. Yes, sir. Both That's by the Timberwolves. Those dumb fucks. See, I used to know a lot about basketball, but then my basketball knowledge just ends abruptly. Uh, the Timberwolves chose All right. two that, point that guards. That year, the draft was in the top Blake five. Griffin. Blake Griffin. Guys, this is kind of fun. Hold on. Blake Griffin. Steph Curry was drafted the same nice. year as Blake Griffin. Yeah, Blake That's why yeah, Blake, Blake Griffin's Griffin a bum-ass now. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, he just, like, completely fell off a cliff he's one six, year. Nine, he's 6'9". It's because he was only good because he was athletic, and now he's older. He, was, he can't do anything. Yeah, he was the only thing that 6'9 people should not be he able to do. He has one of the ugliest shots I've ever seen in my life. Every time he shoots a basketball, I get angry. <laughs> he, jumps, well, was, he jumps, like, his highest point. He stays in the air for, like, seven seconds. It's a weird-ass shot. I'm like, this guy, it's like he's never played basketball. It's a strange thing that you're weird. He has a good shot these days, though. He does not. You guys want to hear the no. top ten or what? Go ahead. He's just better. Blake Griffin. Now. Hashim to beat. Hashim to beat. Second, third. James Harden. Oh, let's go. Ricky Rubio. Tyreek Evans. Johnny Flynn. Jordan Hill. Steph Curry. DeMar DeRozan. Time out, time out, time out. Stop, 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 stop yourself. See, stop yourself. The the Knicks did take. Nah, nah, nah. That that was out of order. Yeah, yeah. Steph Curry, oh, Jordan yeah, Hill, DeMar DeRozan, Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings. Don't you do? Don't you do that? DeMar the Knicks Brandon. would be the Knicks fans would never let the Knicks forgive that. That's true. Yeah. It, it's much. It's a much better. You're talking about DeMar DeRozan, though, man. It's a much better heart wrenching, heart wrenching story if you're one pick away rather than you skipped over him. Like the Timberwolves, you're like you suck. The Knicks, you're like oh, I feel bad for you. DeMar DeRozan's going on a crazy run. Recently, I don't know if you've seen it. The guy was putting up like 35 a game, like like 10 games in a row. I think he put up 30 or more or something. He was going in. And he's such an interesting 35. player because he doesn't really shoot threes either. They love me in the city like DeMar DeRozan. 
Anywho, that was a tangent. All right, y'all. Yeah, uh, Troy and Abed in stop motion. You already know. We'll we'll be talking all week because this is Troy and Abed in the morning. Press someone stop these these clowns. <laughs>